everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on the Think Realty podcast today. I'm Eddie Wilson, the host of the podcast, as well as the founder of Think Realty. Started Think Realty in 2013 to try to help real estate investors find success in the real estate investing journey. I want to say a quick thank you to our podcast sponsor, uh, which is Real Property Management. Uh, you know I'm a huge advocate for property managers. If you are buying properties and you do not have a solid property manager, this is one that you should consider. This episode is brought to you by Real Property Management. Working with the right property management company could put more in your pocket, not less. Real Property Management provides a higher standard of property management to make sure you're maximizing the return on your investments. Experience the real difference with Real Property Management. Visit realpropertymgt.com. That's realpropertymgt.com. We've got an amazing uh, guest today. Uh, you've seen him in the magazine and various other places, and uh, it's one of the, uh, the great joys of my life uh, to get to support others that are doing uh, great work uh, around this country and around the world uh, to help others. And so today, our guest is Kirk Taylor. Kirk, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having us and appreciate the support in the magazine uh, in prior episodes. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so Land Betterment Corporation. Uh, if you don't mind, for those uh, guests that are listening or watching for the first time, explain to them what it is that you do and what the program is all about. Yeah, so Land Betterment itself is a benefit corporation, a certified B corporation. And that was important for us as we set out to impact social change as well as environmental change in the communities that we serve. So Land Betterment itself uh, sits at the intersection of social outcomes and environmental outcomes. In many transitioning communities, we feel that you can't have one without the other. If you're trying to empower uh, social change, uh, uh, folks bringing new jobs and new economic opportunity, you can't do so in spite of the environment. On the flip side, you can't solely focus on environmental outcomes without, without realizing the impact it has on the communities around them. People need jobs. People need outcomes that they can actually believe in. Um, and land betterment itself works to to deliver those high impact projects on both fronts. Mm-hmm. So we have several business pillars underneath land betterment um, that support those that ethos of of a company. And so, you know, overall, um, that that's the mission. Tell us how tactically that works, because I know you're heavily involved in container homes and providing transitional yep. housing and things like that. So walk us down to kind of the tactical side of how this works. Yeah, so actually it, it first started with environmental remediation of former in, impacted land. And so we were cleaning up former coal mining properties, mm-hmm. uh, addressing the environmental uh, issues there, bringing the land back to a usable form. We started to talk to community members and ask them what they wanted with that land. Mm-hmm. And the, the predominant solution in the, in the industry was to plant trees, to reforest, which is great. Everyone loves trees. Mm-hmm. However, the community could see the trees on the mountainside, but that wasn't creating housing. That wasn't creating jobs. We said, okay, so how do we do this in a constructive way? Housing in many areas uh, is, uh, are dominated by uh, mobile homes, uh, other subpar housing solutions. And we talked to our community members and we said, we needed to find a better solution for their housing crisis. We couldn't go with the status quo. And so we looked at container-based housing as a solution. If you look at uh, uh, periods of uh, natural disaster, unfortunately, mobile homes are highly impacted, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, those, those people don't have a safe, healthy environment to live in. We want to deliver something better for them, lower ongoing operating costs, higher sustainability, higher safety. And the container home really fits that mode. Um, right now, we can deliver homes that are wind rated north of 120 miles an hour. Um, they have high degree of insulation. All of our homes are, are insulated to the standards in which a normal custom built home would be, which is much higher than a mobile home standards are. So we're delivering them both safe and sustainable housing um, on former impacted land. And so that's really where the idea of bringing real solutions to these communities started to take that tactical form. Um, and we've been really excited about the impact we've made both in permanent housing, but also in transitional housing, which we can get into. Sure. Yeah. So talk to us about, um, first of all, the container home. So what are these a very specific size of container home? Are you guys bringing them in overseas? How are you, how are you actually doing the construction side of, of the container homes? Yeah. So land betterment itself looked at, at many different container based solutions and we've, and we've found, um, that while some were being done on a mass produce basis, mm-hmm. most of those were subpar and not something that we would want our mm-hmm. family to live in. But then there's also really high end custom, uh, container based hotels and Instagram homes. And that's not really what we wanted to get into as mm-hmm. well. And so we formed eco solutions, uh, fabrication facility out of Northern Alabama to make custom feeling assembly line delivered homes. Um, And so we take 20 foot, 40 foot standard, eight foot high or nine foot high Mm -hmm. uh, containers. Most are single use, meaning they came over from China because of our trade imbalance. And now there's no use for them here. Uh, They would normally be scrapped out. We're giving them a second life um, in the form of, of homes. And so, uh, our basic model is a 40 foot long, nine foot high, uh, one bedroom container. Depending upon the site or the community desired, we can go side by side. We also have uh, development in Eastern Kentucky where we have 15 homes on a former mining property where we actually do uh, 40 foot first floor, 20 foot second floor and a walkout balcony, really mm-hmm. giving a custom feel but stay within the economic constraints of that community by providing them that attainable uh, housing. Sure, that's awesome. Where are the areas that you're primarily putting these properties in? Are they, is it primarily all former coal mines and things like that, like Kentucky and West Virginia, or is it broader than that? <clears throat> yeah, so right now, um, our concentration is Alabama, uh, former impacted land, uh, Kentucky, both Eastern and Western former impacted land and then West Virginia. We have two sites in Indiana that we're working on. Um, right now, our sole focus on permanent housing is that kind of former reclaimed property. We feel mm-hmm. that we need to stay true to that. Um, what we didn't anticipate was the immense need for rapid response housing in times mm-hmm. of crisis. Sure. And so that presented itself to us uh, two years ago in Western Kentucky, where uh, devastating tornadoes went through uh, Mayfield, uh, Bowling Green area uh, five days before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And 
we had four homes already going to Eastern Kentucky. We reached out to the mayors uh, in Western Kentucky and we were able to deliver eventually up to 25 homes mm. for short-term rental uh, rescue housing. And, and the impact that we made in those communities had a really lasting effect mm-hmm. because you, in the days after a disaster, you're in a crisis mode, right? But those first few days after a disaster is when the media is there, is when Red Cross is there, is when super uber focus on that community. Right. But three, six, nine months later, everyone leaves. Mm-hmm. But there's no housing solution in those solution in those uh, situations. Sure. So we were, we were able to provide that temporary housing that made you feel comfortable at night going to bed. Mm-hmm. You weren't sleeping in a tent. You weren't sleeping in a basement. Families, the first four families that we housed, uh, they all had they all they all had children. We able we were able to give them a Christmas tree uh, three days after hmm. their homes were destroyed by tornadoes. Wow. Um, and one of the one of the the families, the daughter about the same age as one of my my daughters, told her mom that this was actually the nicest home she had ever lived in hmm. in her life, and it was a rescue solution for them. So by delivering something that is tangible, gives them. Uh, meaning and is able to actually uplift you in a time of trial, I think is, is um, very, very powerful. I mean, I think that you, you can realize the impact of real estate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times we think of it as an investment or a trade, um, but, but a home is a home, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to create uh, in these communities that we develop. It's awesome. Talk to me about the transitional housing. I know that you guys provide a massive service for maybe, uh, Young people yeah. are aging out of the traditional system, and uh, if you can just explain how you guys are working there. Yeah, again, this is such a, a good outcome of the choice of housing we're using. So these rescue homes that we put out in the field, nine, twelve, fifteen months, eventually they will not be needed. So we mm-hmm. need to have a good partner to take these homes after some, you know, refurbishment uh, after the initial use. And so we partner with a group in Western Kentucky called Camp Graves. They have two purposes. Initially, was for transitional uh, uh, adults out of foster care. They also have an ongoing uh, tornado housing need as well. Mm. So a lot of uh, displaced young teenagers or young adults had no place to live, mm-hmm. uh, and so they're providing that that intermediate term housing for them. Again, nobody can go get educated or go keep a job if you don't have a a home to come back to every day. Right. So finding those long-term solutions and those partners is very helpful from a business standpoint. You know, we are mm-hmm. a benefit corporation, but we are a for-profit uh, corporation. We need to find viable outcomes for temporary housing that we put in the field. I don't want to pay for 50 homes that come then nine months later, sit in a parking lot. I need to use all of our assets to their full value and having partners like Camp Graves is really impactful. Um, when we first set out to do the rescue homes, we actually set up a unique uh, sponsorship model where we went out to foundations and they would pay for the first nine, 12, 18 months of rental. So groups even including the Tepper Foundation out of uh, New York and uh, Charlotte uh, funded uh, Western Kentucky homes for these tornado victims. Uh, so it was really a, a great moment to bring different community members together, sure. but then also providing this end of life uh, use through Cam Graves 
uh, for that transitional housing is, is pretty powerful for us. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. How can people find out more and you know get involved? And what would your ask be to our audience? I mean, I'm sure that a lot of them listening are thinking about this is this is powerful. This is awesome. You know, can they participate with you? Can they donate? Can they get involved? Can they invest? How can they participate with you guys? Yeah, landbetterment.com, ecosolutions.com. Uh, um, you know, I I look at at impact investing. Um, that's what we're doing. We're investing dollars in, in, in the space. I look at real estate. What does real estate mean? Um, does it, you know, we're in New York yesterday uh, looking at fabricating uh, outdoor food venues um, using containers, uh, things that are, are safe to be outside, bring community members together, um, allow gathering of people uh, to enjoy themselves. Uh, uh, those things are, are unique to the container um and unique to us as we look to expand so i would say to people in the real estate space let's expand kind of what we think of as real estate um and the impact that it's making um you know alternative investment isn't just buying into a REIT, right let's think about alternative investment as uh outcomes both financially but also socially uh and how do you deliver real real solutions to to both of those those issues because um we do things in a high level but in a manner that does uh make economic sense which is unique uh sometimes so um i'd say those both those things were you know we're on social media um if people have brownfield sites Mm -hmm. uh we'll love to partner with them on this solution um we're getting tremendous uh, requests for uh, uh, an Airbnb RV model mm-hmm. where where people love to go camping, but not everybody has a camper and nobody wants to, to pitch a tent every night. Right. So higher end RV models in high density uh, kind of Airbnb RV parks is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. We have a couple deployed in Alabama. They're rented constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those things I think would be would be very interesting to us. Uh, but again, if you think about alternative investment, just expand the horizon, right? And, sure. and I think it could be fun together with some of the people in your viewership. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kirk. Uh, Kirk, how do they find you? Is it, uh, is it landbettermentcorporation.com? How's, how's the best way for them yeah. to find you? Yeah, I would say just email me. Uh, my okay. initials, kpt at landbetterment.com um, is the easiest way. And then we'll go from there and hopefully... We will uh, be in your magazine, and yep. uh, we'll we'll have some social around that as well. Yeah, coming up in January. Looking forward to it. Yeah, appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kirk. Appreciate it. Um, I want to say a quick thank you again to one of our sponsors, uh, which is Residential Assisted Living Academy. Uh, and we've actually got a video and a message from uh, from her as well. Hey there, I'm Isabel Garino from the Residential Assisted Living Academy. We teach and train real estate investors and entrepreneurs how to own and operate residential assisted living homes to care for seniors. Now, the cash flow is amazing, and I'm gonna show you that in just a moment, but the impact is even bigger and better. If you've ever had a loved one who needed home care and assistance and you didn't know what to do or where to turn and a big commercial facility was the only thing you could think of, Trust me, there's more. I wanna show you and teach you all about it. 
It's a residential home in a residential setting, housing anywhere from six to 16 seniors. And let me tell you, you do not have to work in the home. You do not have to live in the home or care for the seniors yourself. You own the real estate and own the business and you get to operate it quite hands off. Let me show you the numbers to see if you're even more excited. Come on. The average cost of care in our country today is $4,500 per month per person. Now, it could cost way more or way less depending on where you live and what you need, right? Your level of care and then also the amenities within the home. But the average number in our country today, $4,500 per month per person. You're allowed to have somewhere between six and 16 residents in your home. So we'll use 10 for easy math times 10. This would be bringing us in $45,000 every single month of gross income. Woo! But we know that there's expenses. Well, you've got to pay for the caregivers, the administrator, the food, the cable, the liability insurance, you name it, all in for 10 residents. It's probably around $30,000 a month. And then of course we have our debt service. Now, in most parts of the country, we could still get a pretty nice home for about $5,000 per month. This would be leaving us with $10,000 of monthly net income or $120,000 a year on one single family home being used as a residential assisted living home to house and care for seniors. I've never seen returns like this on single family investing until residential assisted living. This is game changing money. This is life changing money. Now I teach and train people how to do this and I'd love to share with you more. If you want to grab a free webinar, a free book or chat with me or my team, you can schedule a call at ral101.com. We'd love to see you there and show you how to do good and do well with residential assisted living. Thanks so much, Isabel. Appreciate it. Uh, love Residential Assisted Living Academy. I appreciate all the support they provide our viewers. Uh, as a wrap up to the podcast, I want to say um, a thank you to all of our viewers and listeners for all that you do and for participating. And as a thank you for what you do, we've got a real estate conference and expo coming up in Phoenix, Arizona on March 28th uh, and 29th. And if you go to uh, thinkreality.com, and you go to the actual event page and use the word or the code podcast, you'll get a buy one, get one deal on the tickets as a thank you uh, for participating and being a part of the podcast. Uh, also, make sure you are uh, following us on all the social channels, picking up the magazine at Barnes & Noble, uh, getting it delivered to your doorstep. We provide a ton of great content, news, and information just for you, the real estate investor uh, that is actively doing this as a part of your life. We want to be a part of your life as well in supporting you on this journey. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening and viewing our podcast.